Hello, welcome to episode 74 of the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. I'm joined today by Pete Kelly, a primary school teacher with a mission to improve the physical and mental health and well-being of pupils. And he does this through his day job, but also through a new initiative he's set up called Prime Education and Fitness, which we will talk about. The themes we explore are the impact of COVID on childhood physical activity, the barriers that exist in education to promoting good mental health, as well as teacher well-being. And of course, we touch on cricket itself and how that can have an impact on our own physical and mental well-being and the impact that that COVID break we had has had on cricketers up and down the country. So this is a good opportunity to have a listen to someone who's really going out there and trying to do something to tackle what he considers to be, and I certainly do as well, one of the most important things in education and in life indeed. Enjoy. Morning, Pete. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Mark. Yeah, it's uh, great to be on the podcast, finally. I feel like yeah, I've been waiting yeah. all well. Good to have you on. So we're, now we're we're in the closed season, of course, um, but a lot of the things we're going to talk about are present throughout the whole year and aren't necessarily related to cricket, although there's a lot of this which people can connect to it as well. So based on your background, uh, more so from education than than cricket although we'll talk about that in a bit we can't get away from even though a lot of the effects of covid have been reduced it's still there but in schools and colleges we're pretty much back to normal-ish um what's your thoughts about what the impact of it has been on physical activity both for good and for bad um i think it's it's difficult to give a precise answer to that but in terms of from my own experiences at the moment um there is no doubt that physical activity levels during that period reduced but they did for everybody and those people who were possibly not as physically active before the pandemic were obviously then not active at all because those opportunities to be active were taken away and removed and and those of us who were active I have no doubt our physical activity levels reduced because again the opportunities to exercise were removed and you had to be creative and sort of find your own way of 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 staying active what what I found certainly in school is there's almost been an acceptance that it's okay to now not be active because they've had so long of, of uh, you know, certainly if we think about my my school, we do our best to do so many different sport and activities and provide so many different clubs for the children to take part in. To have them taken away for 12 months, which it was 12 months, possibly longer, um, we've noticed that when it has restarted, there isn't maybe as many children taking part. We also noticed, without doubt, Boyner, the, the physical demographic of pupils changing. That That is something that um, really did jump out. And for me, at times, was quite startling to see that if you think about my experience as a teacher was that we went remotely for, let's say, a full term, so 12 weeks. 
to not see children face to face in that time and see them maybe only over a screen. Um, sometimes not at all, but you know, for some children who maybe didn't have access to the internet, I, I, I may not have had direct contact in any way for, for, for 12 weeks. Um, to then see a, a significant physical difference was, for me, it was quite shocking, really. It was sort of like, wow, there's, there's impacts of this that are much deeper than what we think. This isn't a case of, okay, you know, the vaccine rollouts happened and, and schools relatively going back to normal logistically in, in times of the day. This was, we need to really now find something whereby we can get children active and moving again, even almost without them knowing. So not explicitly, oh, you guys need to come to this club. We almost need to try and infiltrate movement and physical activity within the school day a lot more. So back to the original question, I think there is going to be a lasting uh, effect of COVID and something that is going to take a longer time than we think, certainly in regards to physical activity anyway and activity levels. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking as you were describing that, trying to make parallels with my sector, which of course is at the other end of the uh, the education cycle up at, um, at a sixth form co uh, college level. And of course, in our setting, we now, everything's... Uh, optional you pick your a levels or your b tech your courses you might choose to go to some enrichment you might play sport but we don't have that in the timetable to to prompt or to compel people to do physical activity so i've been quite subtly probably so subtly that the students don't even know i've, I've done it have been trying to see what what their habits are in terms of do they put so some of them play organized sport and you almost go right great back on on you go others it might be that you get a bit of a hint by someone saying how they get to college so they might be like oh i live uh, so far away i walk there and back and then i'm kind of in my head thinking all right that's taking care of a bit of it what i have a concern about and i wonder how far this this goes across to you is those who maybe sit on the bus to get to, uh, to to college, then get the bus back. They might then be spending their social time at, at home, using a screen to connect with people. And before you know it, a week can be, a, a work school week, a college week can be taken up with doing only exercise between, between classrooms or going to the canteen and this kind of thing. And it's, I remember a few years ago, a lot of people made the direct link with this to obesity and to physical health problems. But thankfully, now we're starting to see the whole picture and one wondering and, and worrying in some cases about what this means for, for pupils' mental health as well. So you're obviously going to have the kids perhaps dropped off at school or they do or they're walked there by someone because of their age. But what are the little things that you that, that you have available to prompt those little bits of exercise that aren't necessarily the classes and the the the, the clear obvious bits of it? Do you know what we're we're actually quite lucky, Mark, in the sense of the layout of our building. Um, I don't know if you've been to our school, Mark, but we have um, 
we have the infants below us and then the juniors are upstairs. And I always joke with staff and say, um, you know, getting them to, to do the stairs each day. But do you know what, mate? They probably go up and down those stairs probably six to eight times a day, possibly more. So for me, I always think at least they're doing that. At least there's there's extra steps going up and down the stairs. The nature of our building, it's very long. So again, children are, are if they are walking or doing a message, again, they're getting those steps in. I've actually said to to, to staff and, and staff have, have, have spoken to me about this. Little things, Boyna, like get uh, the children who um, want to take the register. Can we select children that you think, do you know what? They could actually um, benefit from that additional walk down to the office, back up the stairs and back to class. It's quite an easy win. So uh, there's that, there's the sort of little um, logistics of where you can slide in a little bit of extra exercise. But we as a school now, starting from this year, when we came back in September, our head teacher has prioritised this idea of children being more physically active is one of our school targets that's now on the CEF, as is uh, children's mental health and well-being is now a, an explicit target on the CEF. So I work closely with our um, our PSHE lead who also looks after uh, pupil well-being. And we now have made time on our timetable each week whereby children should be doing an additional 30 minutes of either a physical activity or something linked to their, that that will improve their their mental health and well-being. So they may do um, meditation, for example, directly after lunch, just to sort of bring down those, the, the, you know, settle those endorphins after running around the yard. We, we we try and practice meditation with the children. So we as a school are not turning away from this. We are facing it head on. We're not perfect, Mark, at all, but we are definitely stepping in the right direction in saying that this is a problem there, there are issues and what can we do in the time that the children are in our care to hopefully help make a bit of a difference mm. that intent's really of course important because i bet there'll be people who might be be listening who want to do something and you're probably listening to a, a, an episode like this because you're either a teacher or you you're generally interested in this area and those kind of people want to do something you've got in it but what we get put off by a lot of the time is get a goal saying we want to improve this uh we want to improve that and it can be quite feel quite distant and then whatever it is can make you be off uh, put off starting it because you're like oh how do i achieve it it's a long process a process like that is probably something you just renew every year and maybe then doing something little to start it off can be can be quite difficult quite off-putting for people so I like that idea that it's there and it's always something to keep um keep working on there was some benefits wasn't there during the COVID period to highlight the importance of physical activity and I take your point that a lot of the regular things were taken away and maybe we probably were a little less active because we had fewer options. But some of those those things, particularly, I, I remember um, the workout that you did across a, a load of schools virtually, that at least prompted people to think, hang on, I do feel good after I've done a little bit of a run around or a, or a workout. So are you still f- sensing the benefits from 
that higher level of understanding about the impact of it? Yes, I think if if we just go back to to, to that initial workout um, and the reasons behind that, that that was purely initially, Mark, to just, for me, it was, I'd just been, um, myself and and, and my partner, Lauren, had had just tested positive for COVID um, and you know me quite well. The, the, The idea of 14 days being in the house for me was was a challenge um, and something that, you know, did, did sort of fill me with, a, with, with, with anxiety. And, and I did think, wow, you know, 14 days feels a very, very long time. And uh, I remember what one particular night I was sat on the couch. It was quite late. I, I, I wasn't feeling great at all. Um, and I thought if I, if, if I plant something now, plant a bit of a seed or an idea in my own head, uh, whereby I want to spread a little bit of positivity and give myself a focus that will take me out of this COVID uh, period, this 14 days, and then I can really get my teeth into this project. Um, the day after, schools went into lockdown, Boinsy, so it was it was almost like I thought of the idea, brilliant. Then schools went into, into this uh, second lockdown. So then I was like, right, I really have to do this now. So I, I emailed, um, I don't know if you've, if you've heard of the Liverpool School Sports Partnership, but I emailed um, a guy, uh, two people actually, uh, Jimmy McGinn and Jay Watkinson. And I said, I thought of this idea, how about we do a live workout? Um, we try and get as many children involved as possible. I'll lead the workout, but really anyone can take part. It's literally just about spreading a bit of positivity and having a bit of fun for 20 minutes. And I then coupled it with obviously raising money for a food bank, which at the time and still is, by the way, something that I think is really, really important, whereby people were losing jobs, families were were, were, were struggling and still are, uh, Mark, they still are. And so I reached out to the food bank and it was incredible, Mark, to see how many people jump on board something that is a positive idea that I had in my living room at you know midnight people want to help and sometimes they don't know how to help they they don't know what they can do and somebody then has a small idea and it, it it just manifests I'm a big believer that acts of kindness spread ripple effects and and that's what happened in this case and and then to the actual workout, we had we estimate around ten thousand pupils taking part from the age of four right up to sixteen. Not just in Liverpool, we had schools on the Wirral, uh, schools from Wigan, and that was my sort of light bulb moment where I thought, okay, we have done remote learning. There are definite negatives to remote learning. We both know that, but there are also some positives that we have to try and take. And for me. Having, you know, I'm not saying I'm an expert, Mark, at all, but having somebody who is physically active himself, who, who, you know, is somebody who, who, who practices physical activity to have someone like myself lead a workout like this. And obviously at the time with, um, with Harriet as well, it just made, it just made perfect sense. And then from that point, I've thought, right. I have to run with this because not only now is there a need to do this, I think it also 
from a teacher perspective, maybe helped some teachers out as well. Maybe they thought, do you know what? This is something that I can't do, but I know is important. And I really want my children in my class to take part. So, yeah, I think moving forward as teachers, a lot of things are sort of lumped on us. But if I can take a bit more of that responsibility from teachers and help out, then hopefully we can make a bit of a difference. Uh, That's exactly what I was was thinking. I remember at the time when you were putting it together that there's the benefit to the participants uh, feeling connected at a time where you just don't see people apart from uh, through those methods. And then planting, like you said, the seed of going, well, how can this be done more in the future? And if you're an educator yourself, you know, well, is this something I can do? Or maybe most important and linking to what I'm going to ask you next is having some confidence that you can provide a resource from another source. So we can sometimes maybe at the beginning of like teaching careers or coaching careers or playing careers, even with linking back to sports, you, I found anyway, people can be quite, and myself included, want to portray that they know what they're doing so you're less likely to take advice or to say this person knows it better than me because that might expose you for uh, as a person who's like well they don't have a clue what they're doing because they're just saying go and speak to him well as you get older and more experienced you realize no well I can't do everything but I can still help by saying this is available um, or this guy does it can do this and I can help you with this so that as a resource for teachers, definitely, if people can look in and say, yeah, I don't have the time in, in the day or I'm a bit more focused on the, for example, um, some of the, the things which are for the, the SATs or the A-levels or the degree or whatever it is. But this is really important, but I've got a resource that can do it. So teacher wellbeing when you're in the profession, it's something you're acutely aware of. When people are outside of it, we get the we get the the usual stuff, don't we? Like uh, you have really long holidays, you should be fine, and all of these things. Um, and you get friends saying that as as well. I'm sure most of it's joking. And the holidays, by the way, are good, <laughs> but a lot goes on during those terms where there's pressures from different different angles, taking some of the workload away is always something that the unions and, and, and everyone in the profession says that would help. So your experience then, Pete, of the, the well-being of a teacher and how things like physical activity can not only help your well-being, but having parts of your job um, taken away from you in that you can signpost to something else, how important is that? Yeah, in terms of if sort of break this break this up a little bit, Mark. So in terms of um, teacher well-being, and and again, I I think I can only really obviously comment on on my experiences at, at Lister, and again, it's something that has been a priority over the last couple of years, and and not just not just because of of COVID and the pandemic, we were definitely putting things in place um, to improve staff well-being before all this. So, for example, small things, um, 
we, you know, the wellbeing board in the staff room, I'm sure a lot of schools have that now. Uh, but we have little things like, you know, trying to put in a positive note for somebody else uh, that you've seen. Um, you, you may have seen somebody do something, a little positive note. Um, we, we, we also, I know our, our head teacher as well, is he will allow wellbeing days. Um, so, we, we, you know, we've been to play golf and, and sort of just, just switch off. Uh, some staff went to a spa. So I, I definitely think it's moving in the right direction. My only worry is that I don't know if it's consistent enough. I don't know if it, I feel like it comes around every 12 months and it's it's quite topical for a little bit, teacher well-being, and then it sort of goes under the radar again. So I think there definitely needs to be more um, direction from the very top of why don't you do this for your teacher well-being? So for me, a very easy win. Teachers, and you'll know this point, for example, PPA, I know some schools allow PPA from home. And I think that's an amazing thing because, A, you're you're away from the school, which means that if you have got something to do, you're not being then pulled from a classroom. Oh, can you just come and do this? And you think, oh, I'm, I'm in the middle of, and then you do it anyway because you don't want to see you want to help a colleague out. So yeah, yeah, give me two minutes, I'll go and do it. And then the original task that you were doing doesn't get done in that time. So it gets done at home. And that's where I'm whereas if you could have PPA at home, you sit, you're completely undistracted. But uh, well, you should be. Uh you sit, you can get you can get something done, and then you may be able to go out for a quick half hour run before you head into school. So f- I I think those things probably need being more definitive like maybe ppa from home would should directly improve a teacher's mental health and well-being because they're they're away from school they can get done what they need to do you know what as well mark i i think um just being able maybe to drop your child off at school one day a week could have a huge impact on a teacher's mental health and well-being some teachers i have no doubt have possibly maybe never dropped their children off because they're in at, you know, 7.30, 7.45, and then they don't leave till five o'clock, half five. So they don't even pick their children up. So I think little things like that would have a huge um, positive impact. In terms of Lister, I've I've been doing um, a staff circuit, um, which has been, has been great fun. It's been great for me because I've never really worked with adults as such. Um, so to, to to work with with our staff, we have some of our junior staff and some of our infant staff. We go into the hall and we just do a 30 minute hit session. We put the music on. I, I lead them through the different activities and we just go with it. And it's it's been brilliant. It's something that has put initially I was out, out of my comfort zone. I've been so used to working with, with, with children that. I was out of my comfort zone, but do you know what, Mark? I've I've absolutely loved it, and that has been something else that staff have said. You know, the circuit really does help. We do it on a Monday, so it sets up our week. And again, it's that proof that being physically active just for 20, 25 minutes can have such a positive impact on 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 mental health and well being, without doubt. Yeah, there's some great ideas for anyone listening. Are just some of the yeah, and they're always. The best ideas are always the simple ones, aren't they? They're not ones that someone sits back and goes, oh, my God, how on earth have they thought that? That's so, like, so um, revolutionary and it's so complicated. It's always the ones where you just go, 
it reveals itself and you go, I wish I thought of that, but you know, maybe you could have thought of it. It's just someone else has got to you before it. And I, I, I know what you say there about say your PPA and can you, can people do it from home? I, an example from where I'm, where I work um, and I've, I've recently moved to, to, to my current place and all the signs are there that this, that it's, it's a high priority because for example, we've got a day, uh, end of this week just before half term students have got some independent studies so it's moved a lot of lessons have been learned from covid about well actually particularly 16 plus students can be trusted to do things on their own online so you give them that bit of autonomy preparation for the workplace or university but one of the days um we're given as a work from home to, to catch up with things like marking planning any bits of paper you've got to do, we've got a few systems that we we complete for students. Now, two things that struck me, just it's and again, it's so simple for, for management to say, you know, you can do that, is they trust you that you working from home doesn't just mean sitting off and going through whatever on Netflix or not working. It's going, you've got that time, we trust you as grown-ups as professionals, but yeah, for me and for everyone. You have a commute of sorts. So I'm looking at Friday going. Usually I go, I'll go to the gym after work on Friday because it's a bit tight in the morning. And if I don't get the trains late, then you know I might be running late and I'll get stressed about that. So for this, I'll be able to go to the gym in the morning and get myself set up for it. And straight away when I'm sat at the desk doing the work, I'll be like, boy, I feel good and I can get into it. So that's not like no one thought can think of that. No one's ever thought of that, sorry, but it, it just goes a, a long way. And, and I think also what what we've what you've mentioned is examples of like the well-being actually in practice, because there are examples. Pretty much everyone now is aware of they see in the workplace or in in any environment posters or posts online that talk about what's good for your mental health. That's moved on like the five ways to well-being. But if you just put the five ways to well-being there, and that doesn't do anything any more than putting a poster about this as it raises some awareness, but then what are you going to do? So your examples like there, the, the staff circuit, well, there's some connection that's going on there. People are being physically active, so they're moving around. They're also learning something new because there be, might be guys in your circuit who go, actually, these are a couple of these exercises I'll, I'll squeeze in at the weekend. So already in doing one thing, it broadens that out and gives people actually things they can use. And this isn't just you doing it with a group of your, your staff promoting this directly. What you've moved towards now alongside your teaching is your initiative, uh, Prime Education and Fitness. So as we finish, Pete, just tell me the thinking behind it and how it addresses these kind of things that we've been talking about? Yeah, so Prime Fitness and Education was born out of the uh, the online workout uh, initially. And again, I, as you know, when I'm somebody who, given a project, I sort of dive headfirst in and then sort of have to step back and go, okay, actually, um, this is a lot to take on. And that's definitely what I've done with this. So Prime Fitness and Education is an online educational tool at the moment. 
hopefully the vision moving forward is that I can um, I can hopefully do this full time and I can connect more with, with, with different schools and, and directly with pupils as well. We've created a mini curriculum sort of highlighting the things that we think are missed out of the main curriculum or aren't taught in enough detail. So you might gloss over it in a science lesson. You might gloss over it in a PSHE lesson. What we've done is we've looked, OK, let's prioritize things that we think will directly help to improve the, not only the physical health of a pupil, but the mental health as well. So. It's broken up into different units. So, for example, unit one is my body and my mind. And children explore the connection between their body and mind. And by doing one of our online workouts, they explore how that makes them feel. Now, within each unit, there are six lessons. And three out of the six lessons I lead and have, have done a video input. So, again, it was about taking the pressure off teachers. What I didn't want prime fitness and education to be is, oh, is this something else that I have to deliver? No, it's all you need to do is print off the resources and press play and I will do the rest. So we have my body and my mind. We have my diet and nutrition, which is the unit that we've um, just finished uploading to our website. We have gratitude and thankfulness, which I think is something that is largely overlooked and something that primary age children probably do quite well already so why don't we bring it to light that actually this is something that you can practice and do all the time uh, we have my memory which looks at links between how the brain works and how we actually remember information sometimes boy you know, i sit in my class and i look out and i see 27 faces and i think are they are they listening i hope they are uh, but do they know how they are remembering what i'm saying Probably not. So that unit looks at different. Uh, so it looks at the importance of hydration. It looks at what foods help to uh, improve our memory and certainly help to aid memory. Um, moving forward, we then go on to inspiration and aspiration. So children looking further forward and looking at what they want to do and how they're going to get there and what that journey looks like. And then finally, the last unit, unit six, is, is called adapting to change, which I think was something that we felt, uh, and when I say we, I mean my, my partner, Lauren, who, as you know, is also a primary school teacher. We felt adapting to change is was quite topical, obviously, currently, but also um, touches on things like uh, bereavement, uh, which, again, Boyna, is not a conversation that is overly forthcoming in, in primary education, So, but actually is something that children, no doubt, have gone through over the last 18 months. So, it's adapting to change with in terms of within your family structure, but also in terms of you as a child moving through education, moving into a new school. Um, so yeah, it's been it's 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 been a challenge at the moment, Boyna Prime Fitness and Education, but it's a challenge that I feel and certainly I know Lauren feels is well worth taking on because the schools that we're in at the moment um are using it and report back that it is making a difference and you know that 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 is 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 something that i'm very proud of and i hope we can continue to reach as many pupils as possible well good for you because it's one thing to want to do something it's then another to come up with an i a proper idea and then it's a whole different kettle of fish to actually 
put yourself out there and, and give it a go and take the risk and the gamble and invest all that time. And I know there's been a lot of time and effort gone into it um, as well. So yeah, complete credit to you. And I think all those topics that you've discussed, they jump out as being ones that you go, yeah, you, you'd want pe- young people to, and any people to know more about that kind of thing. So yeah, all the best with that uh, going forward. The final thing we'll just uh, kind of wrap up with Um this last summer of of sport of cricket was we were maybe kidded into thinking that it was completely normal because there wasn't the abridged season like there was the one the one prior to that. But I, I still got the sense around when I was speaking to players and clubs that we were still a little bit navigating through it and getting used to everything as it was. So, in your experience, then. Uh, playing with our, with our friend Mike Rotherham on the Open Ups guys um, at Rainhill in the Liverpool competition. How was the experience of of playing you, you cricket compared to before? And, and and how do you make the link with that and your your health and well being? Yeah, so. Uh, I, well, I actually didn't. So again, just going back, I didn't actually take part in the in the uh, abridged season, as, as we called it. Um, I decided to have a season off. Um, I haven't missed a season of, of cricket for as long as I can remember, probably since I was 11 and started playing adult cricket. I don't I've never, ever missed a, a season at all. Um, but it was a conscious decision for for me to have a little bit of a break, spend a bit of time with the family, enjoy some Saturday afternoon barbecues and things like that and and sort of step back and see what it was like outside of cricket. And I did enjoy it, but I then when I knew that it was going to be uh, back to playing time cricket, it was going to be um, a little bit more competitive, let's say, I I couldn't wait to, to get going again and, and then to, to obviously move back to Rain Hill. Um, I saw that as a great opportunity to go and test myself again against some fabulous cricketers that that, that and, and I know me and you have chatted quite, quite extensively about it. There's some fabulous teams, fabulous individuals playing in that in that Liverpool Comp Premier Division. So it was great to get back into it. It was it it, it was nice to dip my toe out of, outside of cricket, Boyner, and experience um, not playing, but I missed it. There was no doubt that I missed it. And it was a little bit of a test for myself to see, uh, what it, you know, am I ready to stop playing? And the answer was no, I'm definitely not. And I think for a lot of people, cricket is, it, it's it's that feeling of the end of the week, you get to Friday, you, you know you're playing somewhere on a Saturday with 10 other, um, other people and... You're going to go and spend a Saturday talking a lot of gibberish, probably. But, you know, at the end, there's a sense of you've done something. There's a sense of achievement, even if you haven't, even if you haven't. And even if you've just fielded, it, there's that camaraderie with 10 other people that you've spent seven hours with, eight hours with on a Saturday. And you've done something. You have you can go home and you, you know that you've, even you know what, Boyna, even if you've just chatted to somebody about something and they've gone, Oh, I'm glad we've had that conversation while you're doing a lap around the boundary, you think, well, you've helped somebody there. You might not have deliberately done it, but you have. 
So for me, having cricket back and back in the way that I've always known it was, yeah, it was something and is something that is massively important to me, Boyna, and it always will be. Wherever I play cricket, it, it's something that is has been ingrained in me since I was a little boy and going down to, to Sefton and, you know, I, I think I've, I actually thought the other day I was chatting with, with one of my brothers and I think I've done most jobs at Sefton. I've done the tins, I've helped on the ground, I was a cleaner, I worked behind the bar. I think I've, so to then come through and, and play in the first team at Sefton and then obviously move move to Liverpool and, and now on to Rain Hill, I've realised it's, the, the pandemic taught me how important cricket is in my life and yeah I'm certainly um I'm, I'm enjoying it and it's it's something that hopefully I'll continue to do and body if the body allows me that's the only thing at the moment but yeah it's been it's been a, it's been brilliant boy back playing is is fantastic yeah you can't you can't base it can you it's funny you say there about having a you know the conversations that you can have with people and how that might be what you actually get from the the day. I was just thinking about a game I played towards the end of the season. And uh, this probably won't be any surprise to you that I got into a conversation with someone that lasted for about two and a half hours um, while we were waiting to bat. And um, (laughs) as we were talking, it was half about the game, but then half about just something else. Completely unrelated to cricket, but we get such forensic detail about it. And um, this guy ended up going off to, to bat. And then I was just then thought oh, I've only got the game to watch now but I was thinking there at the end of the game we, we'd I think yeah we did win and uh, and I don't know okay so I had that but I was just thinking afterwards it's like what other opportunity would I get to talk with someone about something like that bit of cricket going on bit of this and then when I've seen this but this guy uh, a couple of times since I've like oh you know yeah I've got a bit we were mates anyway, but it's like, oh, I didn't know that they were so interested in that. And yeah, that's the byproduct. And you can, I always say you can guarantee that you can do something on that fourth part of the game. You might get some runs with the bat. It depends who you are. You might do well with the ball. You might do well in the field, hopefully at least one of them. But even if that all goes wrong, you can still be a good teammate and you can get something out of it. And if that's a two and a half hour talk about whatever then then so be it so yeah that's do you that's, know what mark i think as you get older i think you appreciate the last one a little bit more don't you i think that you know those conversations you have you know maybe some of the uh opening up to you as you wander around the boundary you just need to maybe you know a, a little bit of a nudge in the right direction i think i've certainly as i've got older i appreciate that so much more and i actually reflect back and think of those amazing conversations that we've had that we've had with hundreds of other people and you just think yeah it's that's what cricket is in a nutshell it's a load of different people coming together for eight hours on a Saturday afternoon and just enjoying each other's company yeah that's it and I can't think of a better place to finish so Pete all the best going forward with with the teaching with prime education as well and uh, yeah look forward to seeing you in person very soon